Have you taken up a new hobby during the coronavirus season? I feel like everyone I speak to has taken up something new, whether it's baking sourdough bread or it's doing home renovations or or maybe you've taken up playing video games. I I took up cycling. I, I took it up so I could do it with my kids. And earlier this summer, we went to a bike trail park where there were some jumps And going over the rollers, the little ones with my kids was incredibly fun. I I had a great time. But then they started saying, Dad, Dad, why didn't you go off the big ones? Well, I didn't want to disappoint. So I pushed my bike up to the top of the big roller. I got set on the top, took a deep breath in, pushed myself out over the edge, cycled down as fast as I could, hit the kicker on the other side, hit the lip, soared up into the air, stuck the landing, and rode away into the sunset. I was pumped. And guess what? My wife even got a photo. Take a look at this. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, actually, I'm just kidding. It actually looked like this. Yeah. There's a good four inches, right, of air there. Am I right? Hey, nevertheless, I was pumped, okay? So pumped, in fact, I forgot to slow down for the turnaround at the end of the jump run, and the the ground was super dusty. My bike slid out from underneath me, and I hit the ground hard. And I wish I could tell you the only thing I hurt was my pride, but I actually broke my ribs. (laughs) Kid pressure. Never give in to kid pressure. (laughs) So I wonder, have you taken up a new hobby in this coronavirus season? And and if you have, I I wonder if you've asked yourself, why did I start doing it? I think for many of us, the reason that we've taken up new things is because we feel like in this season, we've almost lost a sense of meaning or purpose. The things which gave us meaning and purpose have been taken away, and and we're looking for that meaning and purpose somewhere else. Perhaps you've even asked yourself that that bigger question. Since everything has changed, since the whole world has turned upside down, what's my purpose? What on earth am I here for? This morning, I want to talk about that question. My name is Ellis, and I am one of the pastors here. And over the last several weeks, we've been in a series called Weight Training. It's for us to learn what we can in this season of waiting. And we've been doing it through the story of the people of God who spent 40 years waiting in the desert after having been freed from slavery in Egypt. This is over 3,000 years ago. And we've barely even scratched the surface of those 40 years. We've made it 60 days into those 40 years. And I think after 60 days, the people have started to ask very similar questions to the questions that I was just asking. They've started to ask, okay, okay, we've been freed from slavery, but now what? We're just wandering around in the desert. What's our purpose? What's our role? I I think this is the place where the people of God are in our story. And maybe you're there as well. 
Or if so, I think the words that God speaks to his people in our passage for today has something to say to that particular circumstance. So we're in Exodus 19. I'm going to read a few verses, starting in verse 4. This is God speaking. He says, You yourselves have seen what I did to Egypt and how I carried you on eagles' wings and brought you to myself. Now, if you obey me fully and keep my covenant, then out of all the nations you will be my treasured possession. Although the whole earth is mine, you will be for me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. What do you think of when you hear that word priest? This is what I think of. I grew up going to a Catholic elementary school, and this was the priest, Canon Griffiths. I remember asking someone once, why is he called Canon Griffiths and not Father Griffiths? And and they said it was because he was a big gun. Nevertheless, (laughs) the lasting image of a priest that I have is a Catholic priest. But the truth is that a priest is so much more than just a Catholic priest. A priest is actually a person who fulfills a role of great purpose and meaning in this world. And what if I were to tell you that you are a priest? What if I were to tell you that that you can find meaning and purpose in your life by fulfilling priestly duties that God has given to you. I believe that is actually what the Bible teaches us, that God has given you the role of a priest, and that by fulfilling that role, you can bring meaning and purpose to your life. And this might sound a little bit weird, so just track with me, okay? In what I just read from Exodus 19, God's speech to his people, he begins by reminding them that he's set them free from slavery in Egypt. And then he tells them that if they're faithful to him, he is going to make them his special people. Out of all of the peoples in the whole earth, they will be his special people. And in particular, he's going to give them a role to play. He will make them a kingdom of priests. The people of God were called, all of them, to be priests. And this doesn't just apply to the people of God 3,000 years ago. This applies to the people of God here today. Peter, one of Jesus's closest friends wrote this to the early church. He said, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood. Peter takes the very words of Exodus 19, the words originally applied to the people of Israel, and applies them to the church. You are priests, each one of you. But what is a priest? If it isn't just a a Catholic priest, but something more, what, what does a priest do? Well, one commentator wrote this based upon Exodus chapter 19. He said that priests are called to serve as intermediaries between a holy God and a lost world. Intermediaries 
They're called to act as a, as a go-between, between two parties, between God on the one hand and between the world on the other hand. They are a connecting point. Do you know the only thing better than owning a boat is having a friend who owns a boat. Am I right? Yeah? I have a few friends who own a boat, and, 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 and when we go out with them on the boat, one of the things we love to do is we love to tube. And I love tubing, except for when I'm in charge of keeping my kids safe. Take a look at this. I tell you, there is nothing for me like the fear of seeing your four-year-old fly up into the air at 20 miles an hour and plunge into the icy cold waters of the Puget Sound. My heart was in my mouth for that whole tube ride. But tubing works because there's this connecting point between two parties. There is a rope that connects together the boat and the tube. And without the rope, those two things wouldn't connect together and we wouldn't be able to have the fun that we can. Well, priests are just like that rope. They connect together a holy God and a lost world. And without a priest, a holy God and a lost world couldn't be connected. Priests have a hugely important role in this world. But you might ask yourself, why do we need a priest to connect the world and God? Well, later on in that story in Exodus 19 of God telling his people that they're to be priests, later on God declares that he's going to come and he's going to visit his people. And up until this point, he hasn't visited all the people. He's only visited their leader, Moses. But now he's going to come and visit them all. And he tells them that in order for him to come and visit them, they have to prepare themselves by purifying themselves. Now, why is that? It's because God is holy. And God's holiness is something you've probably sung about, but maybe you've never stopped to think about what it really means. Well, a good analogy for it is the sun. The sun is the source of, of all light. It's, it's the source of, of life, ultimately. And yet, if you get too close to the sun, you'll be consumed by it. You'll be burnt up. It's the source of life, and yet as you become closer, it becomes deadly. Well, God is in a very similar way the source of life. And yet, if an impure person, that's a, that's a person who's ever committed a sin, which, by the way, is every single one of us, if an impure person comes close to this holy God, they will be consumed by God's holiness, just like the sun would consume anything that came close to it. It's a strange paradox, right? The source of life is also the source of death if you get too close. Listen to, to how God's holy presence is described in Exodus 19, the passage we were reading. 
It says, on the third day at daybreak, there were loud claps of thunder, flashes of lightning, a a thick cloud covering the mountain, and an ear-piercing trumpet blast. Everyone in the camp shuddered in fear. Mount Sinai was all smoke because God had come down on it as fire. Smoke poured from it like smoke from a furnace. The whole mountain shuddered in huge spasms. The trumpet blast grew louder and louder. Moses spoke and God answered in thunder. Crazy, right? The people could not approach the holiness of God in their impure state or they would have been consumed. And so, The world cannot approach a holy God without being pure. And that is where a priest comes in. A priest purifies themselves so that they can approach God and connect the lost world to him. So how do priests purify themselves? Well, in the Old Testament It was through religious rituals. Many of them were were sacrifices. If the people performed these rituals, they could be purified and they could approach God's holy presence. Unfortunately, the priests didn't always perform these rituals. Sometimes they forgot. Sometimes they they just didn't want to. and, And other times they lost the instruction manual. No joke. But thankfully for us... God had an ultimate solution to this issue of our impurity and his holiness. And that is Jesus. Jesus was pure. He was without sin. Jesus could could approach a holy God without being purified himself because he was purity. And yet at the same time, Jesus was a human being. He was a part of the world. He was one of us. And Jesus, the Bible calls him the ultimate priest, the ultimate connector between a holy God and a lost world. In fact, the Bible calls him the great high priest. And through Jesus's sacrifice, we have a way as impure, unholy people to be reconciled to a holy God, because he was willing to lay down his life and make a way for us to enter through him into God's holy presence. And here's here's the amazing thing. The thunder, the lightning, the the smoke, the, the earthquakes, all of the trumpet blasts, we don't need to be afraid of that like the people of Israel were 3,000 years ago. Because through Jesus, we can boldly approach this holy God, knowing that we have been purified, we have been cleansed, we have been given access to God himself. We, through Jesus, can be connected to both a holy God and a lost world. We can serve as priests. Now, obviously, we don't replace Jesus in this. He's the only one who can truly connect together a lost world and a holy God. But, and this is the best bit, God invites us 
to participate with him in this ministry of reconciliation, in this work of bringing back these two parties together. God says, I want you to be a part of this. One of my friends, Vince, tells me he often has this picture of of God as a father raking up leaves in the backyard, gathering up all of the leaves after they've fallen from their, their natural place in the trees. But God doesn't do this task alone. God, in this picture, invites his children to participate with him. And yet we're still kids We have little toy rakes. We're we're fumbling around. We're totally uncoordinated. In fact, we probably make it harder for the Father to gather the leaves. And yet, the Father wants us with him. He delights in the fact that we are joining him in his work. Because he loves us. And he wants us to have meaning and purpose in our lives. He wants us to have a role to play. He wants to give us a part in this work, in the greatest mission that has ever been, in the work of bringing back together a lost world who is desperate, desperate to know the presence of their creator and their redeemer. He wants you to be a part of that work. He doesn't want to do it alone. He could do it alone. He'd do it even better alone, but he wants you to be a part of it. He has called you to be a priest, someone who is helping to connect together this lost world and this holy God. That is your purpose. That is your mission. That is where you can find fulfillment, purpose in a pandemic. You are a priest. And if you're going to do that role, if we're going to be priests, I wonder what does that look like in practical terms? What does it really look like to serve as an intermediary? between a holy God and a lost world? How can we find that sense of purpose and fulfillment? Well, I believe it means we have to cultivate two relationships. A relationship to God on the one hand and a relationship to the world on the other hand. We, we, can't, we can't serve as intermediaries if we don't have both of these relationships. And because the, the world and God are, are at odds with one another, This is actually more of a balancing act than anything else. Let me demonstrate it this way. You guys know Derek. Derek, come on on up here. He's our music director. You saw him playing the guitar this morning. He helps pull together all of the music for our modern band. Derek also has a passion for fitness, And I asked Derek this week, I said to him, Derek, is there an exercise that you have to do which which requires you to to exert two forces in balance with one another? And he said, yes, yes, the dumbbell bench press. And I said, great, can you bring your bench and your dumbbells and come and demonstrate it for us? Um, Of course, I would have done it, but my ribs are still a little bit (laughs) sore from that. 
So, so Derek, lie back and, and show us, in this exercise, you, you have a dumbbell in each hand, and I'm actually, for our sake, I'm going to label them. I'm going to label this one worship, which is our relationship to God, and I'm going to label this one mission, which is our relationship to the world. And, and when you do this exercise, show us how you do it, you have to put a balanced force on both of those dumbbells, both of those relationships. And, and to do the exercise effectively, you have to maintain that balance. Now, show us, Derek, what would happen if, say, you put too much effort on this side and, and not enough on that side? How, how would that... You'd, oh, my goodness. Are you all right? I should have spotted you there. Um, and, and, and the same thing if you did the other way, it would, it would, be, the, it would be the same. The, you'd start to fall off the bed. Oh my, okay, stop now. Stop. Uh, I'll have an LNI claim on my hands. <laughs> okay, thank you, Derek. Can we, can we give him a hand? If we are to maintain both of these relationships, we have to maintain a balance between the two of them. And here's what I think. I think we have a tendency to emphasize one side over the other. We have a tendency to become imbalanced. And if we become imbalanced, what happens? We fail. We fall. We can't fulfill our role as priests unless we emphasize both sides, both relationships, both worship and mission. Tim Hughes, the songwriter and worship leader, put it this way. He said, worship without mission is self-indulgent. Mission without worship is self-defeating. I wonder for you where you are in your life in terms of balancing out these two relationships. I think if, if you've been following Jesus for, for many, many years, the, the tendency can be to become imbalanced on the mission side of things, our relationship to the world. If you've been following Jesus for many years, you can be great at that relationship with God, but sometimes you can begin to neglect the mission side of things. A few years after I arrived here at Chapel Hill, both my father-in-law and a close friend independently came and asked me the same question. They said, Ellis, where are you spending time building relationships with people outside the church? They had seen that in my life I was imbalanced on that mission side of things, that I was overemphasizing the worship of God, and they could see that I was failing in my call, in my purpose, in my mission. And I knew that what they asked me was a question I had to wrestle with. Where am I spending time building relationships, building friendships with people outside the church? And so I committed to start doing it. At that time, it looked like joining the Y. More recently, it's looked like building genuine friendships in my neighborhood. And in both of those places, I have had the privilege of seeing God use me to draw people into relationship with himself. I've seen lives changed simply by being in relationship with both of these parties at the same time, by serving as an intermediary, by serving as a priest. And it has given me joy and a sense of purpose and fulfillment. And so I wonder if you were imbalanced 
on that mission side of things, that relationship to the world. Maybe you need to ask yourself that same question my father-in-law asked me. Where are you developing relationships with people outside the church? We heard that awesome story earlier of Tammy and the friendship that she had developed. Do you have a friendship like that? If not, maybe you need to commit to developing that in this season. Maybe you have a friendship like that, and what you need to commit to is is inviting that person to join you at Alpha Online. It starts in 10 days. Maybe you're imbalanced on that mission side of things. Maybe you're imbalanced on that worship side of things. Maybe your relationship to the world is just great, but your relationship to God has has been neglected. Or, Or maybe you just don't even have a relationship to God. You don't even know what that is. I remember after my second child was born, I had this realization that although I spent all day working for the church, I could go a whole day without talking to God. I was neglecting my worship, my relationship with God at expense of the mission. And I realized that had to change. That couldn't go on. I couldn't serve effectively. I couldn't do my role effectively unless I addressed that balance. And so I made a decision every day to start the day by reading the Bible. And the way I've been doing this is through something called the Bible in One Year app. This is my third year doing this. I absolutely love this thing. It's hands down the best resource out there. It splits the Bible up into several chunks. There's applicable commentary every day. If you can't read it, you can listen to it. It's tremendous. And if you are imbalanced on that worship side of things, for whatever reason, if, if, if that's where you sense you are, I want to ask you, would you try this for 30 days? Tomorrow is Labor Day. It marks the changing of the seasons. It, it marks moving into the fall. It is a great time to start a new habit. And habits can be formed in 30 days. So why don't you try this? 15 minutes a day. Get up 15 minutes earlier. Start your day in this way. It's transformed my life. It's brought me into relationship with God. It's made me effective. And through that, I have found purpose and fulfillment. So church, you have a role to play. You have a purpose. You are a priest. God invites you into his work of bringing the world back into relationship with himself. He doesn't want to do it alone. He wants you because he knows that when you participate in that work, you will find purpose and meaning. And boy, do we need purpose and meaning now more than ever. But to do so, we must balance those two relationships our relationship with God, our worship, and our relationship with the world, our mission. We cannot fulfill our purpose if we're imbalanced. So where are you at? Where is that balance at in your life? And what next step do you need to take? Would you join me in praying and asking God to show us what our next step might be? Hey, Father, we I'm so grateful that you invite us to join in with you in the, in the greatest rescue work that has ever been undertaken. And today, God, I ask that you would reveal to us where it is that we're imbalanced, which side of those scales we're emphasizing too much and too little. 
Lord, help us to know what next steps we need to take. If, if there's a person in our life who you're calling us to, to build a genuine friendship with, reveal that person to us now. If there's someone who we have a friendship with who you want us to invite to Alpha, call that person to mind right now. Lord, on the other hand, if, if we've neglected that relationship with you or we don't even have a, that relationship with you, I pray that this morning, through this time of prayer, that we would be enabled to say, God, I want you. I want that relationship with you. And to say, Jesus, you've done everything necessary. I I come through you now, through your sacrifice. And I commit to daily spend time with you, to cultivate that relationship with you. Holy Spirit, come and move amongst us now. God, show us, show us who you are praise your holy name here in this place this morning. In Jesus' name.